Good morning, everyone. It is the 5th of uh, March, Sunday morning, and you've joined us for our weekly Pineville Grace Fellowship service. Um, glad to have those with us who have joined us or will join us, and I hope you're having a good weekend so far. Um, Mark and Rosette are going to be joining us. We're going to be singing. Um, we'll be singing three of the hymns out of the old school hymnal. And then we're also going to be singing three hymns out of the Psalter. The book of Psalms we're singing. We take the scripture literally where it says psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're not into psalmody. Um, we think that there have been many hymns penned over the years that have been um, inspired by God. God inspires everything. Even things we may not like. Have you ever thought about that? In Him we live and move and have our being. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this camera around and see if we can get Rosette and Mark in the camera here. Just bear with me as I do our technology piece. good okay now the first first hymn we're gonna sing we're gonna start where, where you're supposed to start page one <laughs> page one in the old school hymnal all hail the power of Jesus name glasses on here. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, a remnant weak and small, hail him who saved you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crowned him Lord of all. Ye Gentile sinners, ne'er forget the wormwood and the gall. 
Go spread your trophies at his feet and crown him Lord of all. Go spread your trophies at his feet and crown him Lord of all. Let every kindred, every tribal listen to his call. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Go back with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. The next one we're going to sing is 453 Glorious Rest. In our journey below, there are times that we know that our names have been placed in God's book. And to follow His lead gives us help here to read. So for proof on His pages we look. Here we are. I'm going to have to go down a little bit. I got that a little bit high. Here we hope through His grace we shall look on His face when the burdens of life are laid down. Then to rise with the blessed to a glorious rest and with all the redeemed wear a crown. Hear the sorrows and tears coming down through the years seems our eyes seems to dim on the way. That we need is to grace over these lines to trace, and for this we continually pray. When our work here is done at the set of life's sun, and we come to the brink of the grave, how we hope to reclear all our names written there, and to have saving grace to be brave. Here we read in his word, he will loosen the cord when we come to the end of the way. Give us, Lord, blessed peace when our breathing shall cease, as the summons of death we obey. Here we hope through his grace we shall look on his face when the burdens of life are laid down. Then to rise with the blessed to a glorious rest, and with all the redeemed wear a crown. Okay, the next one is 521. One there is above all others. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people believe it. They're the potter and God's the clay. The Bible tells us that He's the potter and we're the clay.
521, John Newton. One there is above all others, well deserves the name of friend. He is loved beyond a brother's, costly free and knows no end. Which of all our friends to save us could or would have shed his blood? But our Jesus died to have us reconciled to him to God. When he lived on earth a basin, friend of sinners was his name. Now above all glory raised, he rejoices in the same. Oh, for grace our hearts to soften, teach us, Lord, at length to love. We, alas, forget too often what a friend we have above. Is everything still working over there? Okay. We're going to go now to the Psalter. We sing three psalms out of the Psalter. The first one is 80, 86b. 86b. Taken from Psalm 86, 11 through 17. Thy way teach me, Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart, thy name to fear. My Lord and my God, with my whole heart I'll praise. And ever thy name will be there. For great are thy love and thy kindness to me. My soul from the grave thou dost raise. The proud and the vile and seek for my life. Forgetful of thee and thy grace. But thou, Lord, art merciful, gracious thou art. Abundant in truth and in love. Turn thou unto me, thy rich grace now be so. Thy servant make strong from above. The Son of thy hand may redeem by thy grace. A token for good show thou me, that all those who hate me may see and be shamed. My help, Lord, and strength are in thee. Next one is Psalm 6. Return, O Lord, and free my soul. 
and save me for your mercy's sake. For none in death remembers you, or that your memory shall keep. And who can give you praises then within the region of the deep? My groaning ever wearies me. Through every night to morn appears, my grieving makes my bed to swim, and waters all my God with tears, because of all my enemies. This bitter grief consumes my eyes, then let all evil men depart. The Lord has heard my weeping cries. The Lord my supplication hears. The Lord has brought my prayers to mind. My foes shall be ashamed and vexed, and sudden shame they all will find. Okay, the last one we're going to sing is 119P. is taken from Psalm 119 verses 113 through uh, 120. <clears throat> the men of the Lord I hate Thy my love has served Thou art my shield and hiding place my hope is in thy word. Depart ill doers that I may. My God's commandments he sustain as thou hast promised me that I may live in thee. Which not my home but hold me safe. Thy statutes I'll respect All those who from thy statutes err In scorn thou dost reject How useless their deceitfulness In falsehood is no gain Thou dost the wicked purge from earth Like dross that none remain so by thy testimonies, love, my flesh is quivering. For fear of thee and deepest all, thy judgment surely bring. Dear Lord, we pray that you would be with us in this service today. We pray that you would help us say something that would be of encouragement to your people. Cause us to examine our hearts and help us to turn from any sin and flee to you. We pray. We also pray that you would continue to go with us, protect us from our enemies, and help us to be thankful for your many blessings. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I um, see that Michael Orr is with us. Good to see you, Michael. Glad you're with us today.
Also, Selim Bahati is with us. And we say hello to all of those um, today who are with us in this service. You know, I was thinking today about what I was going to talk about. And there's so many different things that we could talk about, right? But one of the things that's been a blessing to me over the years has been looking in the book of Hebrews because the Hebrews is um, what I've often said is a treatise on the atonement of Christ if there's anything that is attacked today it is the completed work of Jesus Christ you know there's nothing that's more attacked and we find that down through the years that um, there have been many who have tried to reinterpret the atonement to mean something other than what it is They try to say that there's this atonement is he made his atonement for all, but he didn't actually. Um, it's not effectual for all, but it was made for all. Doesn't that sound a lot like double speak to you? It certainly does to me. At one moment, atonement. You know. And the atonement is a perfect sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice for sin. He, he entered in once into the holy place and made an offering for sin, atonement for his people. The Lord gave a ransom. He ransomed us by his blood. Yeah. And, you know, there are not, there are not uh, numerous ways to God. Okay, there's only one way to God. And that is through his precious blood. That is why that we can look at uh, what Christ has done and we can see this gives us hope because Christ's blood accomplished what it was meant to accomplish, which was to pay for our sin debt. And we go free. We go free. Jesus Christ hung there and bled and died and poured out his life on Calvary. And when he had suffered so much, he said, It is finished. 
it is finished and a lot of people don't believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ they don't believe that his blood was effectual that it just did part of the work and then they have to do something in addition to the work that he accomplished for us on the cross and they have a whole list of things that a person has to do to get to heaven you know they have whole list of things you know you have to you have to uh, confess your sins to a priest you have to be um, become a member of a church if you've been born again by the Spirit of God you are a member of Christ's church they were called Christians first at Antioch you know, they never were called Baptists first at Antioch. They weren't called uh, Presbyterians first at Antioch. They weren't called Lutherans first at Antioch. They weren't called Assemblies of God first at Antioch. They were called Christians first at Antioch. And this perfect sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid on the cruel and bloody cross of Calvary for us was the only thing that could accomplish our being forgiven. The only thing that could accomplish our being forgiven. Nothing else could have accomplished it. That's why we talk about the word imputed righteousness, imputation. God looks at Christ and sees us as righteous only because of the price that Jesus paid on the cruel and rugged cross of Calvary. You know. So I'm going to look at a few uh, verses throughout the book of Hebrews today. And I want you to think about as we look at these passages in Hebrews, I want you to think about this perfect sacrifice. In chapter 2, we see verse 9, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man now the Arminians will say there you go there's the universal atonement you have to take things in proper context everyone he died for is who he tasted death for everyone he died for is who he tasted death for If he tasted death for every man without exception, all men would be saved and all men would have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
But we know that all men do not have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. What does it say in the very next verse? It says, For it became for whom are all things, by whom are all things, he, in bringing many sons unto glory. The Hebrew author clarifies bringing many sons unto glory, not all people without exception. Bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. If we're in Christ, we're going to suffer persecution. Okay. And he says in the next verse that we're all for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all in one. You know, we don't have to go back and get a second work of grace. If Christ has died for our sins, we are sanctified. We are set apart. By God. Now let's go on to the third verse, third chapter, first verse. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, if you've been predestinated unto adoption, if Christ has died for your sins, you are what the Hebrew writer says are partakers of the heavenly calling. He says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Notice that the two words high priest are capitalized there. He is our high priest. He was counted more worthy, verse uh, five, 3, He was counted more worthy than Moses. Verse 6, Christ was a son over his own house. Notice who he's a son over. He's a son over his own house. He's not a son over the whole world without exception, all people. He's a son over his own house. Wherefore, verse 7, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, the only ones that are going to hear his voice are those who have been effectually called by Christ. That's the only one that are going to hear his voice. Now he says, he talks about this eternal work that Christ has done in all of the people that he has died for in chapter 4. He talks about this eternal rest that we have in Christ. He says here, verse 2, Unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith of them that heard it. There's the answer to those who say that Christ died for all men without exception. It says that the gospel was preached to them, but it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that had heard it. He says in verse 3, We have believed, we which have believed do enter into rest. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. 
Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. This was an eternal covenant. This was this was decided in eternity before we were born that Christ would come and die for his people. Now in, in chapter 5 it talks about this nature of the fact that he is a high priest. Verse 1, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, and he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. That's what Christ did when he died on the cross. He offered, okay, he offered both gifts and sacrifices for sins. And he says in verse 5, Christ glorified not himself to be a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today, thou, today have I begotten thee. And he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This is talking about Christ's eternal priesthood. His eternal priesthood. Now he says in verse 9 of chapter 5 there, he says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Well, no one's going to obey them unless they hear him, and the only ones that hear him are those who are effectually called by him and given faith by him. We'll see later on in the 12th chapter, the second verse of Hebrews says that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, he also tells us that... Um, talks about this new and better covenant in Hebrews 7. And I want to look at a little passage there where he says he talks about the priesthood of Aaron and he talks about uh, this new and better covenant which we find in verse 22 of chapter 7. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament of a better testament. In verse 24, This man, speaking of Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. That's what we're talking about, an eternal priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Come unto God by who? By Aaron? No, come unto God by Jesus Christ. Come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for him. You know that Jesus Christ is making intercession for his people as we speak. That's what it says. He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now this is going to, this verse here, the next verse we're going to read, 27, is going to blow the mass 
totally refute the reason for the mass. It's going to blow it out of the water, the mass of the Roman, the Roman Catholic Church. It says, Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice for first his own sins and then for the people? For this he did once when he offered up himself. You don't need to go to the Mass and hold up that wafer and say this is the literal blood and body of Christ and offer it again because Christ already offered himself once, it says. There's no need to daily offer the Mass like they do at uh, Asbury University at 12 o'clock noon every day. There's no need for that. That's blasphemy. Now he says that in the 8th chapter he says speaking of this new and better covenant Verse 7, he says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Okay, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, verse 8, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. We're under the new and better covenant, folks. We're under the covenant of grace. We're not under the covenant of works. He says in verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And he says, verse 12, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. How can he say that? How can he say their sins and I, their iniquities I will remember no more? We are not saying that we were we are without sin. We're not saying we're perfect. We're not saying we're not still in the flesh. But God has, if you want to, for a better, I don't know how to say it any better, but he's made a decree that his precious blood on the cross would assure that he would not remember our sins because of his death on the cross. You know? Now in the chapter 9, which is one of my favorite chapters in Hebrews, he says... Verse eleven, but Christ becoming a high priest, being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. You don't have to have brick and mortar. Okay. Neither by the blood. Verse. 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered into once into the holy place. Entered once, not multiple times. He entered once into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Not temporary life. But eternal life. That's good news. 
he's died for us, we are assured of a home in glory with him forever. That's the best news we could ever have. He says, if the blood, verse 23, if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the purifying the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You know, we have all experienced blood baptism. If we're in Christ, we have been blood-bought. We've been bought by the blood of Christ. Not anything we've done. Not by works of righteousness that we've done. But with his own blood, he's purchased our salvation. Well, this is tremendous good news for those who've been blood-bought. It's the best news we could ever be given. In chapter 10 of Hebrews, it says, verse 4, It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. You can put all your red heifers, you can put in a new temple up there, you can offer all these goats and calves and everything else, but it doesn't mean anything. Nothing says it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It says in verse 9, speaking of this new covenant, Then for said he, Lo, I came to do thy will, O Lord. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. You can accuse us of... Uh, having replacement theology all you want to, but the old covenant was replaced with a better covenant, folks. Verse 12, what a remarkable verse. This man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice, notice how many times he says one. After he'd offered one sacrifice forever, set down on the right hand of God not multiple sacrifices and look what he says in verse 14 why does he keep repeating this for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified them that are set apart by God for by one offering his perfect death on the cross secured eternal life for all that he died for. What a tremendous proclamation. For by one offering he hath perfected forever. Yes, I have been perfected forever through the blood of Christ. Perfected forever them that are sanctified. He says... This is the covenant that I will make them at, with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And then what does he say in verse 17? 
Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. So why would you have to go confess your sins to a priest? If Jesus Christ has already died for all of your sins. Now where remission of their these is, there's no more offering for sin. That's what he says. There's no more offering for sin, Catholic Church. There's no more offering for sin. Jesus Christ has already made the perfect offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Verse 19 having boldness to enter into the holiness, holiest by the blood of Jesus, having a high priest over the house of God, that's Christ, having a high priest over the house of God. Well, I think I'm going to stop there for the day, but I want to remember, I want to remind you that we have, of course, in the 11th chapter of Hebrew, it's called the faith chapter, and then I spoke earlier about one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Chapter 12, verse 2. I'll read that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, I want to stop there for today. I hope this has been a blessing. I didn't know I was going to go this long, but anyway, it was ordained of God. Uh, I want to conclude uh, this with um, this song, if I can find it here. Um, let's see if I can find it. This is uh, 226, The Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ has been purchased by Christ's blood, blood-bought. I'll move this back over so Mark and Rosette can say goodbye to you for today before we leave. Hope you all have a good day today. What's left of it? The Church of Christ we have today A blessing from the Lord He gave first to His Son to save And take her home above The turtle dove is singing now The winter's past and gone Rise up, my fair one, come away I'll take you home to stay. She was his bride before she knew she had a husband dear. And when for her his choice was made, it caused her to draw near. When she adorned with all his grace shall be exalted there. No queen shall fall her glory here was ever half so fair. 
The turtle dove is singing now, the winter's past and gone. Rise up, my fair one, come away, I'll take you home to stay. Well, may the good Lord be with you today, and I would strongly encourage you to you can never get too much of the book of Hebrews, okay? I would encourage you to go through the book of Hebrews and look at all the references it gives to the perfect atonement of Jesus Christ. May the good Lord be with you today is my prayer. God bless.